Hey, Jen, let's play a little word association game. If I said first job, you'd say? Pharmacy cashier. Okay, then if I said hardest job, you'd say? Food service, for sure. But regardless of a terrible boss or back-breaking work, all of our jobs teach us lessons that impact us for the rest of our lives. From hard to soft skills, that is what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity in business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. So this is a Singapore sling. It has a lot of ingredients in it. It's complicated, so you'll have to go to the website for the recipe. But it's a gin drink, but it also has brandy and uh, some Contro, pineapple juice, lime juice, grenadine, and some bitters. And it's just, you serve it with some cherries and a pineapple wedge. And you sling it back. What a great drink, though. So this is a really fun topic because... I learned a lot about you that I didn't know. Not that I know everything, but we've had lots of conversations. Yeah, and I, I just learned... didn't know some of your jobs. And I didn't know yours either, so I found this fun. Okay, so I'll start. I've been, my first job, I was a cashier at a pharmacy, and I was like 13. I had to get a job, or I, you know, get a ride with my mom. I was a Girl Scout counselor, which came with its whole list of weird things. Mm-hmm. I worked at a library, which I loved. I was a gopher for lawyers. And so that got oh. me through through high school. What did you do for lawyers? Oh, you move briefs back and forth. You file things. You make sure the water cooler is full. You know, it felt very fancy when I was a senior in high school because I had to look nice-ish. <laughs> and I got to go to court and whatever. But That's I learned cool. a lot. How about you? What, what, did, you ha- did you have jobs, part-time jobs in college? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, what were those? Yeah. Uh, I worked at the rubber stamp shop, which was super fun. I worked for, um, it was called the Union Activities Board at our college, and we put on events in the union. Mm-hmm. And so I did event management and planning, which I wasn't great at, actually. But the people there gave us, gave me a lot of grace, and I made a good friend there. So, you know, I made, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I do? Heck if I remember. That was a million years ago. I love it. So my very first job was I had to go to my dad's office on the weekends um, and pull weeds. I did that for a few summers in a row. Um, In high school, I was a soccer coach, which was an unpaid gig, but I was a soccer coach for like a nine and 10 year old team. And um, I also sold jewelry at one of those really cheap kiosks in the mall. (laughs) I can totally see that. I don't know why. High school Karen at the kiosk. Yeah, I pierced ears with no training. It was great. Um, And let's see, I also worked at a retail soccer store and became assistant manager. I was actually in charge of making people's schedules. I thought that was fun. I did some babysitting um, in college. I, um, I also worked landscaping. My brother had a landscaping company. So I installed irrigation. So I know a lot about that. I was a professional note taker in college, meaning I sold my notes for money. Um, <laughs> I worked at Crunchies. I, w- I was a, uh, a server. And let's see. I feel like I'm forgetting one that was important. Hmm. It happens. Oh, I remember one. I worked for the state parks. They had a... Oh my gosh, this is the weirdest job. So I was the docent at a museum 
and the museum was an old home that had been donated to the state and kept in its in its entirety so it was like from the 1800s and we might get one person through a day so i just sat there all day in this empty house and i would tour people through when they came but it was creepy as hell and i always felt like there were ghosts and it was very lonely (laughs) there were there probably were you know those old-fashioned photos with the eyes that stare at you Ooh, how scooby-doo oh i remember my other one one summer job i had um during college was i worked at a steel recycling company and i weighed trucks of course you did it's so weird (laughs) yeah all right so let's see we both have retail in common i think every everybody gets a retail job here or there Mm -hmm. i i never did food service but camp counselor, man, there's a lot going on there. There it is. That's that's all. That's a whole separate level of customer service. <laughs> customer, quote unquote. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah, it, I think we started talking about this topic topic because, well, I was looking through resumes the other day, and I will tell you, whenever I come across a resume when someone has done some food service, particularly serving, mm-hmm. I instantly categorize the skills I know they have because I know that they can stay cool under pressure. They can juggle many things at once. They have a customer service bent that can calm people down. And I've seen that again and again. And um, so I always value that with a plus when I see it on a resume. But it's the kind of thing that I think sometimes people will take off their resume when they're young, wanting to instead focus on the things that they think are the skills in their industry. But I, I love to see that stuff on a resume. Uh, food service is for sure one of the things that I love seeing. It's always a great conversation starter because you can instantly say, tell me your biggest nightmare story. <laughs> you know, it's, there's always one. And um, there's always somebody who has gotten yelled at or, you know, what was the worst thing you were asked to do? Like scrape gum out from underneath the tables. Like it's just hard, kind of sticky, sweaty, gross on the inside. But you have to like kind of present and be, you know, hospitable and charming and fun on the outside. And so it's, it's a hard job, but lots of humility. Yep. Yep. And the, the cool under pressure, the ability to juggle 12 thoughts at once, I think is, that's something that you really, you, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm assuming you got that when you worked at Crunchies. Yeah. And, and, you know, I worked during a time where, um, maybe people had a little less filter with how they treat women, Um, So there was a lot of that experience that summer as well. Gotcha. Like there was one guy who was an entertainer on Thursday nights called Dirty Don. And he (laughs) would sing songs. um, You know, he would sing popular songs, but change the words. And he was, you know, part musician, part comedian. And he had a light that he would shine on the pretty girls. He called it his bush light. (gasps) You're kidding Mm-mm. It was a beer joke, but um, bump. But, uh-huh. yeah, that's what would happen. And so I finally got to the point where I didn't want to work. We used to se- separate the section. You either had the front section or the back section. So on those nights, I begged for the back section, which was never the good tippers. The people who were up front were the ones that were getting drunk and, and were tipping better. But I just didn't want to be near him. As I can understand. I so remember I would- confronted him once during his break. And I walked up to him and he was like, oh, you're not mad at me, are you? That's just all jokes. And I said, well, um, I would appreciate some of the tip out of your hat 
because you got tipped at my expense. Ooh. And he kind of got gruff with me and walked away. And um, and he sure did at the end of that night. What would you say you learned from that? How to deal with difficult people? Mm-hmm. I, I think I did learn a little bit about standing up for myself. Um, you know, all of my standing up for myself up to then was really with my brothers. So that's a little different. And being unafraid at 21 to stand up to an older man who had completely humiliated me um, felt pretty empowering. Um, but, but the job in general, I look back on it incredibly fondly uh, with uh, Thursday nights aside and, um, and it was just hard work, but I made such good friends. I made, I made a friend who's still a friend today, you know, just it's good teamwork. Yeah. It's just, it's hard work, but it's, it's good work. I feel like the job that I learned the most at probably is camp counselor. And, you know, you get paid practically nothing. You are there six days a week, all day long. And at the end of the day, you are responsible for small children from dawn to dusk Mm -hmm. and in between. And um, it's it's super dirty because you're outside, you know, in the natures Mm -hmm. and and there are spiders everywhere. So I had to learn to suck it up with, when it came to spiders. You have to learn to be brave and fake it um, for the little kids, mm-hmm. right? When somebody's nervous, you can't say, ooh, yuck, I, I'm scared too. Nope, you have to be brave and explain why things are okay. And I also learned a lot of, um, well, you know, when you're, when you are, nurt- and you know, I, I talk about this in I can only imagine what a teacher would say about such things, but when you're trying to nurture 16 or 20 people that are in the same cohort, it becomes very clear how different personalities affect outcomes Mm -hmm. and how each person needs a different set of tools, a different way of approach, a different conversation. Mm -hmm. And so I I wouldn't have articulated it well then, but I look back on it and realize, oh, I really learned how to talk to individual people in the way they needed needed to be talked to or support them in the way they needed to be supported because all those all those girls were so different, you mm-hmm. know? Week after week. I bet that girls at Girl Scout camp. I bet that that's not only impacted you as how you lead as a as an employer, but also as a parent. Maybe. I mean, parenting is a whole, whole different ball game because yeah. you just don't know it's what you're way doing. Way more than you dawn to dusk. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's that moment when you bring that baby home and go, "Oh, okay, now I have to do this forever." Wait, wait, what? Right? Like, oh, at camp, it doesn't I send them home. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what what I I learned different things in different jobs. You know, landscaping was very hard work. Um, but because it was my brother's company, um, it was irrigation specifically. I was on the irrigation team. I was able to put together my own crew, which was a group of my friends and we had the best time, but it was hard work. And, but we were outside, we were getting tan, (laughs) we were building our muscles, like priorities, right? Sure. Um, and I was the crew leader. So that was pretty fun. And I think I felt very grown up in my soccer my retail soccer job, because I was in charge. I was the assistant manager. I was in charge of creating the schedule of which we mostly employed college kids. And so I was kind of leading people who were older than me. Um, and yeah, I don't know so much. 
I do remember I had a bad one of I had the worst boss I ever had would I would find myself in tears after work many days just because of the just toxicity and just nastiness. And it was not because I wasn't performing. It was just because that was a nasty person. And I really remember having a conversation with my brother about it. And he said, you're going to be a boss one day. And this is just notes on who you never want to be. And so I I really am sensitive to, you know, everybody feels snappy every now and then, but I'm very sensitive to how people feel when they're in the workplace. And it shouldn't feel like a thing that gives you a bellyache on a Sunday, you know? Absolutely. It sure shouldn't. I, I find I find it interesting that so many of your of your experiences working for your brother who was self-employed, working for your dad. How old were you when you were pulling leaves? Oh, probably nine, nine or 10. Right. And then being the manager, being the one in charge. <laughs> I'm shocked that you own your own business. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Well, and you know, learning how to manage people, learning how to, you know, put a crew together and keep them motivated even when the work is hard. It's incredible the number of soft skills you can build at these little starter jobs or these these jobs that we have straight out of school where we don't think they're part of our career, but really they are. Yeah, I think I mean those are formative years too, you know, high school and college and you're kind of you're going to bump up against things that make you uncomfortable, whatever those are. Boundaries um, with people, or you'll find the skills that you don't have where you're feeling ill-equipped to find the answer or the solution. And so those are all really helpful experiences too, because you don't know what your blind spot is until it kind of reveals itself. <laughs> Surprise, there it is. <laughs> yeah. And I think all of those jobs, even the best jobs, have this weird underbelly, right? This the, the things that you didn't know you would have to do, the things that are not glamorous. Mm-hmm. And you know, my son, his first job out of in high school, lifeguard, which seems so glamorous. You're out in the sun at the pool, mm-hmm. and he has to clean the toilets. Yeah, you know, which he didn't expect to have to do. But what a good reminder that somebody's got to clean it. It might as well be you. You should not be you should not be too proud to do the work that that feels like a surprise oh, and not or not too proud or or above right yeah. it's all very important and so the thing i think you learn out of um jobs like these you know the, the the first job in school is is to be humble and to pick up those wraparound skills that you're not going to get in class yeah and and one of my rules and i've said this to you know, a hundred interns over the years is I will never ask you to do something that I've not done myself or will not do myself. And I've never asked an intern to clean the toilet, but I have asked them to go and, hey, we're out of the supply. You have to run them to the store, you know, like, hey, our client's coming and his or her favorite thing is X, go get the thing. So sometimes it's all done in service and you just have to understand that those are important tasks as well. Yeah. Um, well, and so, as yeah. an employer, you know, it it might feel like an imposition. I have I have hired you to learn your skill, but what you're learning by running to get the thing that that makes the client happy is you're learning 
that service, that thoughtfulness, how to think around the edges of a project, how to make something a little nicer than it was. Mm-hmm. So it, it's all a good learning experience if you can figure it out. Well, and it, and what can feel like something that's subtle from a learning standpoint doesn't have to be subtle. You can just point it right on out. You went and got X and you made this person's day and it made them feel at, at home here. Thank you. Yeah. I just find this interesting. I find it interesting that we both started fairly young at our mm-hmm. jobs. I think I'm going to have... My, my kid is 13. He better get to it. He yeah. better start job hunting now. That's right. <laughs> so let me ask you this question, and then we can, we can cut it if we need to. Let me ask you this question. How do you feel about a $15 an hour minimum wage? You know, it's really funny because um, I recently was on somebody else's podcast, and we were talking about glass ceilings. And um, one of the things that I mentioned was it's not just about getting to the CEO suite. It's about all those rungs that are in the middle. And if there are broken rungs, things that are barriers, like a living wage, then we're going to have problems having people feel like they can advance, right? And so absolutely, I, I support I support a minimum wage at 15 I do too. How about you? And I, oh yeah, I do. I can't wait to see it happen throughout the land and see us change our perceptions about what jobs have value and what jobs don't, because I think everyone's hour is valuable and not treating that appropriately is, is, is just, a, it's, it's practically a human rights violation. So I would like to see us get up to speed. Yeah. And just think about what what having a living wage makes possible for people. It it may mean that you don't have three jobs. It may mean that you only have one. It may mean that what it feels like to be a parent when you are not at work is more fulfilling and more enjoyable. What does that do for your child? You know, like there's there's such a huge domino effect of positive things that happen uh, with living wages. Um, that I think make our will make ultimately our community so much healthier. I think so too. And you know, it's it's a two-way street. If you show an employee that you value their work, they will value their work. Yeah. You know? So if you if if you are paying what someone is worth, they are motivated to put more effort in and care more about the hours that they spend. So mm-hmm. I do think employers will see a huge benefit if they're paying a living wage. So that's our pitch on that one. Yeah. Go do it. Well, and and the end of the, uh, the end of that is that it, it is up to business. It's up to small business. It's up to corporate leadership. Um, they need to take the lead and and make it hop- happen so that when you are the ones that are not participating, you know, even if we can't get our country to decide if corporations can do the leading, then those those businesses that do not adopt a new minimum wage are they're going to be left behind they're going to have crappy employees <laughs> so a little bit of peer pressure is that what you're yeah, saying works every time very good Indeed. well i loved this conversation and i loved this crazy drink so complicated singapore sling thanks for sharing a drink with us as always you can head over to our website thespeakeasypodcast.com to get recipes for our cocktails mm, cocktails We've always said that hiring employees is like a mutual selection process. Yep, employer and employee have to feel confident in the fit. But what about those you didn't extend an offer to or the ones that say no? In a world of professional relationships, is a no a no for now? And how do you know if the one that got away will ever circle back? That's what we're talking about next time. Join us.